Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Good afternoon and welcome, everybody. This would be the Jeff Cameron Show right here on 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. Great to be with you. Good Monday. Everybody hanging in there? Everybody doing all right? You know, i got to tell you, I'll tell you, I'll get to it in a moment. First, I should mention, I'm Jeff, that's Tom, Director Matthews here. Former producer extraordinaire Matt Millar is in the building as well. Be here later in the week. Hint, hint. I'm done. I can't take it anymore. <laughs> oh, man. So, I, I, I saw right before we came on the air, just before we turn on the mic to get started, uh, that uh, somebody was asking about basketball season, and and I I can tell you that uh, so we have we have meetings. My office is a lot like your office. We have meetings, and sometimes we have meetings to talk about the meetings we're going to have, and those meetings are bountiful. Now, oftentimes in in you know instructive as well. But uh, the, the meeting was about um, in the in the coming weeks, planning out our strategy for covering. Florida State basketball, and I think everybody in the uh, in the meeting, or at least could, that was in the Zoom, went, "Yeah, all right, let's get all that basketball coverage. Let's get two. Can we start now? Can we start covering basketball now? I'll give Ham a ring in the next hour, and uh, we'll get him on. We'll start talking about what this team's going to look like. I know the schedule's out. Let's go. Little W's and L's for the schedule, the whole you deal. Know, I was going to ask, do you want to do W's and L's today, maybe in the second hour for the basketball No, season? I do not. Okay. No, no. I tried, folks. Mm. Whoo! Well, I don't know where you start. It's an unmitigated disaster. It is just an absolute mess. I don't have to uh, tell you something that you don't already know. Uh, I, I, I am not going to uh, chide you with the conversation about this is good, this is good, we got this to grow on. Nope, they are a mess. People have, have said, well, let's wait and see if FSU truly has hit uh, the bottom of the barrel or reached rock bottom. Well, the answer is yes. I mean, everything else is gratuitous. Uh, it's like it's like violence in a film, you know. It, it, at a certain point, you're like, oh, it's just gratuitous violence now. I mean, it's just silly over the top. That's where we're at now. I mean, when you lost at home to an FCS school, there's nowhere to <laughs> – it can't get worse. You lost at home to an FCS school as a 27-point favorite. So, you know, everything that happens now, it just seems like piling on, piling on. And it is, it is almost impossible at times not to get that sense 
that the football gods, the football world is working against you. And here, here's what I mean. So they, they lose going away in this game, and they have six turnovers. Uh, and, I mean, Jesus, right? I mean, really? But, but, and, and having said that, I, I just the, want to point this out. Those were the exact words I said before joining the Warchant.com postgame show as I was walking up the steps of the mean, office. Yeah. I mean, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let's get those phone lines going. I got complimented. Um, my wife said that I was remarkably calm given the circumstances. Like, calmer than you are. Yeah, I, I, I was remarkably calm as I was sitting there watching the game uh, because I thought, well, you know, again, uh, you know, grand opening, grand closing already happened. That was last week. Grand opening, grand closing, peace. We're done here again. Another September that I would like to pee on. I'm just done with September. September can go to hell. I don't care about September. I don't, you know what? If your loved ones were born in September, God bless you. You have something to fall back on because the rest of us think September shouldn't exist as a month anymore. It just shouldn't exist. I hate it. Hate it. Anyhow, calmly, I sat and watched. And what I got agitated by more than what was going to be the inevitable loss and some of the absurd choices that our coaches made regarding certain calls for certain players. You know, I don't know that at any point if I'm on the headset calling plays, I say, hey, let's let the kid with one working foot run it in. You know, that's probably not the call. Let's not do that at any point. How that doesn't get somebody to go, wait a minute, what what'd you just call? But that didn't happen. So anyhow, beyond that, it was sort of this, and, and I know officials need to be detached and unemotional. They have to go about their job. It's a very sterile thing. that You, you know, you can't show emotions one way or the other. Uh, then you would rightfully be accused, obviously. Uh, of of of, ha- of having a a bias of some sort, but the way in which they calmly threw absurd penalty flags on plays that really turn out to be very critical moments in the game for a team who's as fragile as Florida State is did bother me. I think I would have been thrown out of this game if I had been Coach Norvell, which would not have been a good look. Not a good look. But I really think. When you call the uh, the personal foul, the roughing the punter penalty, and it's not roughing the punter, and the p- penalty on Jerry and Jones on the sideline, which is also not a penalty, and in, in those lead directly to points, I don't know that I could have kept control because here's what is true about Florida State. They're not good enough to overcome those. They're not good enough to overcome uh, giving it the, in essence, what's a turnover, uh, you know, giving the other team another opportunity, and those those got cashed in, and I really thought, well, I I don't know, I don't know how you can keep your composure and comport yourself uh, with any dignity in those moments. Those were really important calls. I I do want to point that out. Really important calls. Now that does not take away that there was no semblance of a game plan, and that we seem to go into games willy nilly, unsure of what we are and what we're trying to do. No, no, that's all still true. We don't know what we're doing. We don't have an identity. Coach Dillingham said today a lot of curious head scratching things, which I'll talk about momentarily. No, no, it does not undo all of the nonsense we see from this coaching staff. I am just saying those are really big moments in the game that went against us, and they were absurd calls. And I hate the ACC and its officials with every fiber of my being. Hate them. They can all go to hell. It's awful to watch them just calmly, oh, yeah, clearly you did that. No, no, no. 
I don't, I, you know, maybe it's, again, a reputation of an undisciplined group, perhaps. But damn it, man, they're just simply not good enough to overcome those things. And those are 14 huge points. So I'd ask you this question. Who was more prepared to do their job on Saturday? Was it the ACC officials or was it our staff? Specifically the offensive staff. Because as bad as the ACC yeah. officials were, I think it's debatable. In fact, they might be the underdog in that equation. If your plan is no plan at all at quarterback, we're yeah. just going to alternate back and forth. Yeah. Which Okay, so you took the or off in the depth chart. I guess that was just a lie. It's gamesmanship because you wanted to catch wake off balance that we're going to be Going back and forth between two quarterbacks? I think they're rat trapping. I think you're seeing a yes, lot they of, are. I think you're seeing a lot of desperation that has led to confusion and uncertainty and no identity and no semblance of um a willingness to stick, you know, to stick to something. There has to be you know, it's funny. Ira and I were talking last night on the Sunday Smash, show on warchant.com, uh shameless promotion. Here's the thing though, we were having this this the larger conversation. You know when you watch a team that is trying to rebuild, and we there, there are a lot of them out there, right? You know, some are having success, some are failing. Um, you know, you look at it, something like you look at a team like like Arkansas and what Pittman's done there, and and man, they got a chance to upset Jimbo and Texas A and M this week, and they really do. That game's in Jerry's world. Uh, that'll be a fun game to watch. Um, but but okay, so anyhow, you watch you watch guys who let's say take over a job and they're lacking the the talent, the the requisite talent. Uh, to make real strides in their conference, you know they're just not good enough. You know where they play is is dangerous. Uh, you know if you look at where Arkansas is located in the SEC, tough times when you take over that job, right? But if you watch a guy decide, well, this is what we're going to be. This is who we are. This is what we're going to be. When I get, I'm a former offensive lineman, meaning Pittman. I I I know how important it is to win the line of scrimmage. I know how important it is to be tough. You know, okay, because linemen, you're going to associate that, right? Banging heads all game. We're going to establish at some point that we can run the ball and we are going to stop the run. That's what we're going to be about. That's my whole thing. Now, from there, we'll add wrinkles, but that's what we're going to be, and I have to establish that. And then you watch them in year one kind of adhere to that and take their ass beatings. Like, they're not good enough to block everybody, so they just take beatings. And they're like, nope, not going away from it. It's who we are. This is what we're going to do. Run it again. Run it again. If you want, use Wake Forest. Use Wake Forest under Clawson, who two years ago, we talk about this all the time, had nothing in the way of an offensive line. But he knew, look, we have to be a certain way. We're going to be able to do this. We're going to end up you know, using these other wrinkles off of this, but this is what we have to run in order to be successful. And we're probably going to see it get blown up in the backfield because we can't block, but we're going to establish who we are. I guess my point would be you own it, you establish it, and you play to it, and you unwaveringly do so. That's not to say you don't make adjustments based on teams you know, adjusting to you. I'm going to cough if you want to whistle or talk off. All right, well, I can tell you about the Tampa Bay Lightning beginning next month, buddy. Looking for three consecutive Stanley Cups. All right, still on the back end of this uh, I wanted to talk about the third line. So the point would be, look, I, I get – Personnel's different. Situations are different when you, when you take over, and you can't equate everything. But 
I do think the coaches who adhere to something, who want to establish something, who say that I have to be this thing, and I know right now we don't have personnel to be this thing, but we are certainly going to play to this because ultimately we are going to get the players in here that allow us to be the thing that I'm trying to establish us to be, right? That, that it, it keeps you from wandering in the forest. It keeps you from the uncertainty of week-to-week game plans that are wildly different and not based on anything. So you have to then, because you can go in and, and, and say, we're, we're just out, man. We're not going to be able to do this, but this is what we're going to do. And at some point, we will be able to do this, and it establishes toughness. It also, you play to strengths. At that point, you're playing to something. You're playing to a strength. If you rep that enough, it becomes a strength. It's what you are. And I think that Florida State, my, my guess is, maybe, perhaps, with the coaching staff, they knew this offensive line wasn't very good. They knew that long-term, they don't want to run the offense that they would have to run with Jordan Travis. They, they, the the run-around offense, just like, oh, just hope you can make some plays out there. That's not what they want to do, right? That's not what they want to be. It doesn't look like that's what Jordan Travis wants to do anymore either. We'll, we'll get to that in a moment, too. Okay. Okay, so, so at some point they said, you know, if we can get McKenzie Milton and get him in here, we might have some semblance of a drop-back pass game. And if we can throw the football, that opens up other elements of what we want to do. So, so let's try that. So it's worth a gamble when you don't have much and you're looking to add an element to your offense that you simply didn't have a year ago. Because long-term, having that element allows, gives you a better chance in more games to win them. Okay, But it also is a risk. Because if he comes in and he's not healthy and he can't give it a go and you can't rep it and he's not there for install and you have problems blocking it up, then you've kind of gone away from this one thing that you could sort of do a little bit of, right? This, this unfortunate gimmicky offense that you have to run in the interim until you can get some guys in here. They've gone back and forth. They just said, this, they just said today that their plan was to, to alternate quarterbacks. With very different skill sets, although they're starting to liken one another because Jordan Travis is not the runner he was a year no, ago. Not at all. Not even close. They don't have anything they can hang their hat on. They don't have any one thing they can hang their hat on. Save for, I think, trying, maybe hoping against hope, trying to give the ball to Ward and Corbin and then doing something off of that. Whatever wrinkles you can run off of that, I, I, would, I would adhere to that. Because you don't have much else, if anything. Yeah, I'm going to posit that you could have won that football game on Saturday if you did stick to that, instead of trying to figure out this willy-nilly stuff. And I, I want to use the term willy-nilly, yeah. because it's starting to remind me of the previous head coach. The lack of consistency in the plan. There's no development. Like, what is the long-term goal of right. what this That's offense what is supposed to look yeah. like? And there's no, there are no action steps to get you there. Wake Forest was running for much of this game Six-man boxes daring us oh, to run the football. Daring. And you know what? You could have. And you could. And you you could have. You actually Old had Dominion did. You, yes. You actually had success running the football when you chose to run it. That game plan made less than no sense. And what is, what's alarming to me is for as buttoned up as this operation is behind the scenes, and it's true. That is, that is verifiable. It is true that it is. If you're doing all the right things behind the scenes and you still look like Willie did, well, then what does that mean about your install meetings and the general philosophy meetings that you have as an offense? I, I, I get the defense. We could talk about that, too. But to me, the headliner this weekend was, what the hell was that on offense? Because this is not a good Wake Forest team. You had to try hard. 
you had to do a lot of things wrong to lose by 21 to Wake. Well, you had to commit six turnovers, and you had to be absolutely abysmal yet again in the red zone, which is an area they have real problems in. I mean, because, again, you can't put – the field shortens, and you can't push people off the ball, so you can't enforce what you want to do on the ground. You become very, very predictable, and, and I think just right that's going to be a problem for them all year long. That really is. Now, they did – you know, the trip set over to the right side where they hit Pokey? Yeah, they Pokey. Okay. That's I mean, an that, in-breaking that, route. That was a nice uh, – that I, exists. You can run slants. I you thought I was going to pass yeah, out. I, I did too. So here's what I don't want to do because we can all pick any number of sequences throughout this game in which either the play calling was scattershot or there was a, a, a lack of a cohesive plan uh, to point to here. Um there are there's ample evidence through three games that this team and this coaching staff, most importantly, gets frazzled and desperate and is reaching for straws. Uh, that's not good. That's a it's a damning thing to say about a coaching staff, and it's a damning thing to say about this particular coaching staff. It's it's I mean that they've probably lost whatever confidence the fan base had in them. I'm, I'm, I think that's all gone, right? That's all used up through three games. Yeah, one thing we talked about in the pre-show meeting is I was lauding this fan base for being mature enough to handle the idea of a rebuild. We didn't for a long time, but maybe it's just through pure submission because we've been through this this mm-hmm. run for five years where September's have been just the apocalypse month. The loss to Notre Dame, people were energized by it because of the way we looked. Right. That, to me, signals maturity that you understand that there's a, there's a lot more work to do, but we're working in the right direction. Right. And the moment that we turn that corner that we become mature enough to handle that, they fail us in spectacular fashion two consecutive weeks. You just went through all this stuff to build up trust. Dare I say the approval rating of the head coach had not been as high as or since Willie Taggart's spring game, right? right? And it got to a place that hasn't been in years. And just as you secure that approval rating and the confidence and the passion, you lose to Jay State in unbelievable fashion, and then you don't have a plan against Wake Forest. It's, we'll see who's hot today. Yeah. Why do we even practice then? It's about who wakes up feeling good? I think that ultimately you have a deadly combination of terrible personnel. Indisputable. Okay. Terrible personnel and coaches who are not putting that terrible personnel in a position to succeed at all. That's a that's a tough combination to deal with. You're not talented. You're not real. You're not. It, I'm talking about depth of talent. There are individuals here and there that you can rightly point to and say, "Hey, if that kid played for this team, he'd be really good." Yeah, if he did, if he had gone somewhere where there was continuity, if they actually had a role for him, yeah, he'd be real good. But the point is, you you, you individually take some of these guys and you say they're pretty good players, but in terms of depth of talent, segment by segment, don't have it. I don't think you have much in the way of a quarterback anywhere on the roster. I don't think any of those quarterbacks can play. So that's problematic. I mean, hurts not to have a quarterback. Uh, that hurts your chances to win football yeah, games. Yeah, I don't really think yeah. they have much of a quarterback. I believe that uh, Jordan Travis is a lesser version of what he was a year ago, which was limited to begin with. He doesn't seem to show a real desire to run the ball right now because he knows that if he does, he's going to get hurt because he always gets hurt. Now, that's not a character flaw. That's not to rip him as a person. That's not to say that he's not trying. But the reality is he gets hurt all the damn time. Uh, he got hurt again. All the damn time. Sucks. Some people's bodies betray them. His betrays him hourly. 
So this is problematic, okay? McKenzie, what does he do well? Well, I. the hard part on Saturday is what rhythm was he allowed to get into? None, but he's forcing balls and doing things. To, to, I'll, I'll tell you what would happen, though, if he did play more than one yeah, series no, at a you. time. We'd run the ball more often, and guess what? Maybe that's not what we're trying to do, but maybe it would, there would be a eureka moment by drive through. Oh, wait a minute. We can do this. I just I beg them to figure out what they want to be and stick to it and win or lose that way. Just And if that's McKenzie, fine. Just please pick what you want to be and play to it and win or lose that way. It's Jeff Cameron, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back guaranteed because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to make your car the mvp and bring home huge wins keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply you know i've talked about this before I used to make fun of coaches' shows. I used to talk about how I feel like coaches' shows, for the most part, are pretty useless. A coach is... I actually... I mean, listen, when you're paid as well as they're paid, nobody's going to you know feel sorry for, for guys that have to uh, go to and, and sit down and do coaches' shows. But I always thought it was a no-win situation because if you do a coaches' show after a win, you know... Uh, it's it's a lot of fluff. You're just going to talk about you know the big plays and, and all that. It's a lot of fun. Everybody sings kubaya. But if you if you have to do a coach's show after a loss, there's only so much that you can really reveal. A lot of that stuff you're going to keep in house. You're not going to say on the coach's show. The coach's show. And the coach's show is meant to be positive. I mean, you're spinning everything. Anybody who's tuned into a coach's show is is diehard. You know, you're speaking to the choir at that point. So you're not gonna you're not gonna dwell on the negative. You're gonna just point to a few of the things that went well. If there is something tough that you'd have to answer to, you're not gonna it's not gonna be asked of you on a coach's show, you know, because it it's in house. But I always thought within a coach's show, just like a press conference after a loss, the less you say the better. The less you say the better. And today is another great example of the less that you can say, the better. And I appreciate a willingness for all coaches to take to the dais or stand before the the assembled press and answer questions when things are going poorly. Coaches love to do these things when everything's going well. It's an opportunity in a lot of ways to brag on the job you're doing your staff is doing, and certainly uh, an opportunity, and I think this part of it's wholesome, to brag on the players who are, who are making plays and sacrificing and, and making you look good. But you're, you're kind of hamstrung when things aren't going well because it's evident to everybody that this is failing. You know, I remember Brady Hoke, I'd made the joke, 
it's lasted for a long time. Well, I love our running game. And, you know, they're they're one and five at the time, and he's muttering things about the running game. You're just serving up one-liners that are going to be used to make fun of you. Or you're reviewing things worse yet that suggest you don't know what you're talking about or that you're overwhelmed. And, you know, it didn't take long for Coach Dillingham's comments today to be brought to social media and to message boards and to wherever it is you consume your Florida State athletics. Uh, my man telling everybody that they didn't prepare well enough for the look that Wake Forest gave them on defense because it's not what Wake Forest had shown prior to our game against them. It's not a good look. No, and what that does is it ties it straight back to Mike, not just because everything falls on the head coach. That That's, of course, true. But, you know, when Kenny first took the job and said, we are of the same mind, I could be in, in my own room looking at film, and then I walk into Mike's office and we compare notes, and the notes are exactly the same nine times out of ten. Well, that all sounds fun when, when you know, the band gets together. But now, a day like today, mm-hmm. I wasn't prepared for the look, because that's what you're saying. I didn't know what to do. That's what he said. And if you're of the same mind as, as Mike, well, that means that Mike doesn't know what to do. When you compared notes, you didn't know what to do. Okay, so I'm going to do the thing that I do every week these days, which is go inside the post-game Q&A and, and judge the, the looks of uh, desperation, exasperation from our head coach when certain questions seem to reveal or at the very least, pierce the soul because he knows that, that that was unacceptable. He got asked after the game about the fourth and two play and whether or not that was a designed run for Mackenzie Milton. I mean, guys, are we we're running a designed run for Mackenzie Milton or did he have options off of it? He was asked that question. That answer kind of, I made me laugh a little bit. Yeah, wait, it didn't inspire you? No, but no. it revealed to me that he was less than pleased with the call. So here's what that made me do immediately. So you didn't call it. Yeah. So he didn't call that. Mm-hmm. Okay, so now we take a step back and realize he's not calling plays. So A I fourth mean, and two at that. It's an important play. Yeah. You would never dial it up. For, for the kid who's who's got the you know leg issues sure so if you're not calling plays and you hated the call then you've got a conversation you have to have with your offensive coordinator at the very least and that conversation may be if if it hasn't happened already this would be speculation on my part but just from watching the games that conversation may very well be I'm going to take back over play calling I mean, it doesn't. You know, I mean, it doesn't take a genius to figure out at that point. He, it's, it's not the first time that his answer or his facial expression revealed that he was dissatisfied with something a staff member of his did situationally. And Florida State's been awful situationally. So I think this gets to be where we hearken back to when Jimbo Fisher was trying to build the program back to a place where it could compete at the highest level, and they didn't have the personnel, and he had hired a bunch of uh, recruiters, in essence. A lot of guys that could really recruit uh, and get me some grown-ass men, quote-unquote. 
But that meant, as a tactician, he had to do everything. He had to be very involved in every other aspect of what they were doing, probably more than one would want because that is uh, an all-consuming 20-hour-a-day-every-day function at that point. And and we commented at that time, oh, my God, either Florida State's going to get good or Jimbo Fisher's going to die. Which comes first? When can he, you know, when can he? And, and it worked out. But he was, he looked like death every day. He did, yes. He never looked like he got an ounce of sleep. He wasn't taking care of himself. And it was because he had to be hands-on mm-hmm. in every single facet of his program. Yeah, we were very happy for it. Well, right. Yeah. It, it, you go it, ahead. It read, Run it, yourself into the ground. It led to... It led to the program getting to where it needed to be sooner rather than later. But also, when it's your ass in the jackpot, when things aren't going well, and right now this is, again, an unmitigated disaster, Disaster. when things aren't going well and you're the head man, I mean, if, you're gonna, if the ship is going down, it better be with you at the controls. It better be with you deciding, okay, we're not doing this anymore. Here's how this is going to be. I'm calling plays. Everything goes through me. Offense, defense, special teams, everything goes through me. That's it. That's all. You guys stand down because in situations, you're killing us. Yeah, if I were him, I would strap a giant button to my chest. You could even make a logo out of it. You know, It looks like the Superman logo, but it's got an M instead of an S. <laughs> Because cause think about this now. If you're Mike, and let's just say, let, let's argue that he's competent enough to veto in the first place. Because I'm not sure he is. Now you've called it into question because we've got like five examples, six examples. This season alone, in the last ten days, mm-hmm. you've got the Jacksonville State end-of-game situation where they call one robber or two men under, whatever it was, it was not the right call. You could go all the way back to week one, third and seventeen with the all-out blitz against the screen. You've got a fourth and goal with a fade against Jacksonville State. The decision to even go for it there, fourth and goal from the three. And now you've got one-legged Mackenzie Milton on a fourth and two. So you need to have a giant button on your chest so the world can see when you slap that button and and you call in on the headset and say, yo, we're not doing this. Guys, Mackenzie, Jordan, don't call timeouts. I need my timeouts in case we have a dumbass call from the box or from the sideline because <laughs> I'm going to need to change those calls. That's what we're saving our timeouts for. The veto power has always been his. That's where well, I that's get concerned. That's every head coach. That's every head coach. Sure. So you're not alert after the third and 17 that maybe you know you might want to manage an end of a game situation uh, or you're not alert after a, a fade on fourth and goal from the three. I don't care that it should have been a catch. Whatever. Like that. That's your call. That's your best play in that circumstance. Uh, it, it, I if would, it happens again, now it's really on you. Fool me once. He's been fooled more than once already. Yeah. Like, what are we doing? I think, again, I, the fourth and two call where Milton is carrying the football or to have him run a sneak because you know they haven't practiced that. Oh, totally. I thought I mean, you know they haven't practiced. They can't physically practice that. He can't do that. So super slow motion. As the play's happening, I'm like, oh, nice. He, it's a jab step. He's going to pull back and throw it over their heads. That's what I thought. And he just continued to run. Oh, I was yeah. like, oh wait a minute. No, he's just going. He, he's going for it. Yeah, no. Not even close, by the way. It like, was never going to be close. The goal line thing I don't have a problem with because that's McKenzie trying to get ahead of the, the Wake Forest defensive line that was not set. That's what he's trying to do. He's going on his own. That's not a call. That's McKenzie acting on his own trying to make a play, and he ends up, yeah. like everything else that happens to Florida State, it turns into an uh, unmitigated disaster. It's the fourth and two. 
That's the situation. Well, the two, I, I wouldn't I, pair those two things together. I saw some people doing that. That's there's, there's your two completely different situations. But my God, sirs, please. Yeah, and also, I mean, well. So what we do now is rather than again, it is fun initially, certainly to to reveal to folks that you know, yeah, we are all watching this very very closely, and we're watching this in awe, and in and by awe I mean horrific awe. But it's not worth your time right now to argue about a play call. It's not worth your time to argue about a defensive set. Although you could. You could certainly spend a lot of time doing that. There's ample evidence to argue any number of moments in games in which you say, what are you doing? Okay, but that's firmly established. They're not sure. So that's not good. Now it's about what steps can be taken moving forward, and what are we looking for moving forward to get something going in in the right direction before this season ends? What can you do to salvage anything of this recruiting class? Because that is going to go a long way in saving your ass. You know, because they're not firing him at the end of this year. Now, coordinators may be gone. He may make changes. We'll see. That's up to him. But he's not going anywhere. So you are, from this point forward, Trying to find something to fall back on that, A, gives you an identity that you can build off of, that can keep recruits in place, that can perhaps attract certain other recruits to the program, and that can give you a better feeling about Florida State football moving forward. There's minimal goals. Minimal goals. We're done talking about winning seven games or anything like that. That's all all gone. That's all gone. What can you do moving forward? to show people that you've got some traction. Because right now, we're just slipping around all over the ice, man. We got nothing. There, it, it, There's nothing to fall back on. Yeah, the reason, and I totally agree with you, there's nothing you can do now about those things. But the reason that I harp on the micromanaging moments of these two games is in the grand scheme of the schedule. These are two cement mixer 85-mile-an-hour sliders over that the middle of the plate deposit. that we just swung underneath. We didn't even get the ball. Right. Right. That's why no, I no, get no. mad. You can, that's a be, bad Wake Forest team by their standards the last few years, and J-State is, of course, I mean, that's self-evident. No, no, That's I, why I I'm you. pissed about the micromanaging stuff. No, no, I, I got it. I got it. I mean, and again, there's, there's a mountain of evidence that will concern you moving forward about what we do if we ever do get back into a position to win meaningful games. They've now revealed some things to you that you say, like we want to do on this show, if that's in you, I'm concerned. Got it, got it, got it. But you, now's not the time to worry about series-to-series play-to-play, although I would like you to pick an ID and stick with it. But anyhow, I do, I do want to see now what steps are taken, what tangible steps are taken, what progress can be made, when do we begin to see evidence of it, if at all, during the remainder of this season. There are still nine games to play. You cannot just mail them all in. You cannot just say we're playing for next year. You have got to get better. Every day, every week, even in losses, which no doubt are coming, lots of them. But can you show those signs that you are gaining traction in some way? I do not, I know we got to go to break. I do not disagree with him when he says that they are teaching those kids and they believe in the right things. Okay, in terms of life lessons, work ethic, togetherness, bonding, buy-in, heart, toughness. I don't think they quit. They didn't quit on Saturday. I didn't see them quit. I didn't see him quit. 
I, I watched very closely. You texted me, quit watching. I yeah. said, I agree, and we yeah. watched. There wasn't any quitting. No, there might be a couple of examples. Oh, there's a of... moment here or there, but there's no, the team did not quit on Saturday. Correct. Correct. They didn't quit. And nobody respects anybody who quits anyhow. Don't bitch out like that. Go play football. And, and hopefully they will. You know, that better be. That's the best bare minimum. They better. But I didn't see them quit. Show me some traction. Show me something because the bar is so low right now. The bar is so low, you have got to give people anything, crumbs, anything to believe in before you can get something of more substance to look ahead to. Right now, there's nothing to latch on to. No, they're shook. There's there's, there's nothing. Like, Jermaine Johnson is my favorite player on this football team. I like watching him. You want me to say something positive? I like watching that guy play football. He plays hard. He plays tough. He's smart. He's athletic. He's going to go play in the league. He's a leader. Jermaine Johnson, there you go. That's what I got for you. I like watching Jermaine Johnson play. Anything else? I like Treshawn Ward a lot. Oh, okay. All right. And I like Corbin, and he shouldn't have been pulled just because he fumbled, which was awful bad luck and poor timing. But nonetheless. Also shows panic. It does. It does show panic. Not in Corbin. Right. It just shows total panic. I agree. Just give me something that is evidence of any kind of traction whatsoever. Exhale, you got nothing. You can't get any worse. You're 0-3. You lost at home to an FCS school. It can't. Everybody, exhale. I'm not talking about the fan base. I'm talking about the coaching staff. Get it together. You can't go any lower than you are. There's nothing left to prevent. Nobody believes in you. Nobody believes in you. This entire fan base thinks you guys are a joke right now. Don't worry about all of that. You have to care what the players think, and you have to care about getting better You know, each hour. Are they going to be better at 2 p.m. to 3 p.m. today? Is there something that's better today? Hey, you know what? Everybody went to class today, and the macaroni was good. Everybody feel good about the macaroni? The macaroni was delicious. I thought so, too. All right. What's, what's going to happen at 3 o'clock? Anything good at 3 o'clock? Well, Johnny's going to stretch. All right, make sure he stretches well. Make sure he's stretched out, ready to go. Does anybody need a boot? Anybody need a boot? We love giving out boots. Anybody need a boot? All right, let's do that well. Everybody got that next. Okay, what are we doing at 5 o'clock? Well, got a team meeting at 5 o'clock. Let's make sure that team meeting goes well at 5 o'clock, everybody. No missteps on the team meeting. Let's make sure that gets – I mean, it's the dumbest ass. This is what you have to do. You got nothing right now. It's Jeff Cameron Show, Real Talk Radio, 93.3 and War Chant TV. Really quickly, uh, this will be a rapid segment because your host went really long with a diatribe that uh, could have lasted two hours. I I quickly want to do this, though. It's a chance to uh, once again gloat. Uh, Tom, if you would throw up on the the StreamYard feed there, on the the WarChant TV feed, my picks from the weekend, uh, if only because they continue to win. Uh, And that's something to be positive about today. We had the over 58.5 on Alabama and Florida. Got to 60. That worked out. That's a win. Auburn and Penn State under 53. That stayed under. That is another win. Um, We got the um, Kansas State-Iowa game under 56.5. That also became a win uh, and stayed under easily, easily. 
Uh, I told you Utah State would not only be in the game against Air Force, they were getting eight and a half. They won the game outright. That's another win uh, for yours truly. I lost the Florida State-Wake Forest game. I took Florida State getting five and a half, but I did play the under as well. Um, I don't get credit for that on this particular card. I do in my real life. Uh, So that was a split for me there. Um, Miami, dead wrong about that. Happy to be wrong. Good to see them get bludgeoned. They, too, are on quit watch. That's good to watch. See Miami just get out-physicaled at home, have the ball run down their throat, look like ass. That's beautiful. But I lost that game. They have the Broncos minus six against the Jags in the NFL. That's an easy cover there. Got the win there. Uh, Had the Dolphins dead wrong. They got pounded, uh, brutalized. Uh, the Bills bounce back in a big way. So if you're a Bills fan, you get to tease me. Good for you. And I have to donate uh, Tom's. 20 bones worth of. Uh, well, I was going to say, it's not cash. <laughs> you're not, not giving him 20. No. Uh, but 20 uh, bones worth of food to a local chair. Uh, easily and happy to do it. And then I had the Patriots, who we knew would confuse Zach Wilson. Uh, maybe not to the tune of four interceptions as he threw, but we knew it would happen because that's what Belichick does. I took the Patriots minus six against the Jets. That's another W for yours truly. So a good week. Uh, and, and a good week both here on the air and off the air. I'll just note that. Hot damn. Big Daddy's done it again. And on that note, quick break. Come back. Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So what to look forward to? Well, in certain cases, in certain cases, I do think they'll skew younger here, and and that might very well be in the secondary. You've got some guys that we like there that that could be interesting to see what they do. You can't blanket decide that you know, okay, so and so is not going to be here two years from now when we have a chance to be a, a an average football team. So let's move on from them. You know, GMs do that in baseball over a 162-game season with paid players. Uh, but you really can't do that here, especially when each year you're going to have to utilize the transfer portal to your benefit. Um, you can't have a track record of uh, enticing guys to come and play for your program and commit to playing for you. Uh, and then when things go south, decide that um, they're no longer needed. Uh, that You will not be able to win over uh, the services of future transfer portal players in that way. Now, there are guys you can move away from, uh, and, and I think there are areas where you should think about it. Uh, but I, I think you may see some younger players get more time in that secondary. You know, a guy I feel bad for, and I know the fan base doesn't want to hear this right now, I feel bad for Brownlee. I, I, I think that there is a decent player in there, and, and it hasn't come out. Um, I, you know, if you, if you think about what he can't do and there are things he cannot do, I understand that. And this is where coaching really matters. Uh, you got to put kids in the position to succeed. Um, he can't be on an Island like he's Dion. I mean, that, that's not who he is. He's not going to be able to do that. Not if there are blow buys by Wake Forest and others. Yes. No, no, he can't. Jacksonville State. He can't do that. But you would like to clone his effort. 
I mean, I don't think that kid quits at all. I don't think that kid doesn't try hard. I think if you go back and watch that game, he's trying hard. He's just not good enough in a lot of circumstances. There's a whole lot of not good enough out there. We understand that. But understanding what they can and can't do is important. Yeah, that would be where it begins and ends with the defensive criticism at this point, right? Is like understanding those basic things and trying to mm-hmm. scheme around it mm-hmm. as much as possible. Like with the offense, the questions I think are so much more fundamental. In a weird way, defensively, I think they have improved in some things it's just out of nowhere you see a random ass call and you're like i don't understand how you're aligned that way Mm -hmm. how that call comes in from the sideline like you were asking after the jacksonville state game that had to be signaled in wrong are you less apt to believe that now after some of the other pieces of evidence you've seen i guess i mean i don't think they were in robber one robber i i intentionally i maybe i don't know maybe i mean you gotta wonder at this point uh, you do, you do. They don't get the benefit of the doubt. Nope. So Perry brought this up, and I want to answer it because we just got done talking about what's left. Well, they're going to play the rest of these games. You know, you can't not show up. They're going to play this one on Saturday. And he asked Jeff and Tom in '76, they lost three of the first games, first games, and won five of the last seven in ten and two the following year. What's the odds of that happening this time? I don't know what the odds... That's an interesting question. I don't know what the odds are of that happening. There are long odds of that happening. But I think the spirit of that question uh, is something worth addressing. Are there things that they can do to give themselves the best possible chance to win some football games? And can they do that in succession, week in and week out, say, over the next two weeks? Not saying you garner those wins, although I don't... I don't think that you know Syracuse is an automatic loss, for example. I'm not even sure that Louisville is an automatic loss for an answer. I, I know that on the on his face that sounds absurd after the way we've played through the th- three games. But the point is, if you if you identify what you want to be and you play to it, and you don't panic, and you create an identity, understanding it may not be good enough, maybe that eh, you lose games anyhow. But you, you have something to fall back on and believe in, and, and you coach it up in that way of that you know consistency, right? And then you play good defense, let's just say, because we actually aren't as mad at the defense as a lot of people are. I actually think the defense, while not good and has its moments that make you blink, I think by and large has improved greatly. They play more physically. Uh, they play physically in a way that they didn't a year ago. Uh, for, the, for the most part, they're coordinated and aligned. Yeah. yeah, they're a little things, late on things, substitutions and they, they're, they're problematic. But they, the yeah. other things I think are accurate. You just need Mike to call the big plays. He calls the coverages for the big plays. Growth each week is what Perry's getting at. I think they have a shot at that hour two forthcoming. Stay with. <laughs>